Welcome to the Recruiter Startup Podcast. We're back with another great episode today. I have Terry Burns from Cloud Partners in Melbourne. Like many, Terry has started his recruitment career in Australia. And, well, he fell into it, backpack instead, like he did myself. Um, he got into IT sales recruitment and in the pandemic decided to set up by himself. Luckily, I got to work with Terry for six months in our mastermind program, along with a, a group of other Australians, I must say, um, or British Australians and a couple of uh, natives as well. And, uh, you know, recruitment's slightly different in Australia than it is in the UK and America. It, it, it's a bit slower. It's a bit more relationship focused. It's a bit more quality focused. And it's just a bit detached from the rest of the world. So uh, all in all, it's the same principles. There's just a wee bit more, I should say, I don't know how to describe it, but it, I think that relationship piece is key. And it was great to get to work with Terry, great lad. And Terry's like myself, he doesn't like admin. And the, the, to get, kind of get the best out of Terry... You have to put systems and processes around him and let him be the rainmaker. And he, he not, doesn't necessarily want to be a team leader either, but he's caught in this wonderful place where he's really good at recruitment. He's well, he's well known and respected and he's got off to a flyer and money's coming in. So we talked about the journey of what got him to this point and how he can build a company moving forwards because he doesn't just want to be an independent recruiter, although he loves it. There, he is interested in creating something a bit more. So we were, we talked about what that solution looks like. And, you know, it's like anything. The, what you decide is successful to you is, is what's most important. It isn't about what company you think you should build because people at your old company have 20 people and have 40 people. They might be miserable. They might be making no money. They might have an investor that fleeces them. So you never know. So life as an independent recruiter can be wonderful, but it's also great if you can have a bit of a plan to work yourself out of it. Get rid of your admin, for example. Get rid of all that operational work and just make sure that you're doing the stuff that's making you money. Or maybe you want to get somebody in who's better at team building than you are and management than you are, just to let you make rain. And, you know, all those things contribute to a happy life. And there are a lot of lessons that we've learned throughout the years. Anyway, great episode uh, with Terry. Always enjoy him. And this podcast is sponsored by Luxo, our ATS system, and Sourcewell. And if you want to figure out how to use them both together, you need to contact my wife, Charlotte, because I don't have a clue. She has all the tech stuff down, all the systems, all the processes. She's put it into our mastermind, but she also does an advisory for bigger business as well. So that's some of the stuff that we're up to. And we're also providing our usual rec to rec, virtual assistance, which is basically remote recruiters on demand for recruitment agencies. And if that's not enough, you have our free community called RecWired, where we host drinks. And we've got a couple of WhatsApp groups that are specific to the size of your recruitment business. Um, for the, this podcast, I'm going to be doing a few more of these type of episodes where we interview 
some of the alumni of our uh, mastermind program, but I'm also going to get on some of our clients from around the world to talk about recruitment in their local market. I might, might get that done on LinkedIn Live. And then we'll get a few subject matter experts in and things that I'm struggling with or things that are of interest to me. I'm mad for an international move and we've actually decided on it and it's not America. But I'll have more on that at a later date. So over to Terry. Oh, also, we've got a new website coming out next week, two weeks time. And that's by the guys at Bold Identity. So uh, really excited to get that going. And that's going to be showing all the stuff we're doing right now and trying to get our message right. It was real tricky on it. Um, we're also launching our Kajabi platform for recruitment founders. And that will include everything you need uh, to run a recruitment business over time. So we're constantly building and getting the best content and instruction manuals on that. And there'll be a subscription uh, uh, option for anybody that's interested in joining. With that there, uh, this is outside our mastermind, but with that, you know, you'll also get special guest sessions of people that we bring in, um, world-class operators around the world, get group founder sessions where we do a round table once a, once a month, once a quarter, and there's potential options to get some one-on-one coaching depending on what you need in your business. So that's a whole long-winded intro. I hope I haven't lost you. I'm in good form. The sun's starting to shine. I'm looking forward to getting out of England. I've been here five years and the move is underway. It's going to happen real soon now. So there might be a wee bit of disruption to this podcast, but I'll try and document some of it as we go. I cannot wait to be a proper expat again. I've spent most of my life, adult life, living abroad. And although England isn't home, it is quite similar to living in Ireland. And I just can't wait to be around other expats and living that life again that I miss so much. So over to Terry. Hope you enjoy it. If you want to come on the podcast, hit me up. If you want to hear about any things we're up to, just hit me up on LinkedIn. I'm really accessible. Um, I try and get back to everybody, especially recruitment founders or people in our niche. Um, so yeah, have a great day and over to Terry. All right, welcome to the Recruiter Startup Podcast. I'm joined today by Terry Burns. What's happening? Not a lot, mate. Just living the dream in Melbourne. I'm looking forward to heading back to the UK in a couple of weeks' time. All right, tell me what part of Melbourne you're in. I am in Albion, which is a little suburb in the west part of Sunshine. I spent, as as every backpacker does, I headed straight to St Kilda. Had a couple of couple of years in St Kilda, then went to Richmond. Life got serious with a fiance and moved to the suburbs. Let's let's go back to the fun stuff. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much I can share. I've got the okay. I've got the family listening to this. <laughs> oh no! All right, so we land in. St Kilda, are we doing a proper job at the same time as being in a backpackers or what's happening there? No, well, it, it was funny, right? Because I've always wanted to come to Australia. It wasn't one of these things where I thought, I'll come on a working holiday, I'll go on the piss up for the next 12 months. Mm. I knew as soon as I got here within a week that I wanted to stay here. And even back in the UK, 
I was applying for real estate jobs and all sorts before I'd even got here, trying to get sponsored straight away. Um, so I got here, I traveled for, what, six weeks on the East Coast protocol, lived that life, came back to Melbourne, went into construction. Oh, let me take, you, let me take you back a step because you're, 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 you're skipping over good stuff here. East Coast bottle okay. car lived that life. What does that, 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 that mean? Like, what, what is that life? Well, look, you can read into that what you want, but there's a lot of drinking involved, a lot of nightlife involved, and yeah. take from that what you will. Yeah. And what age were you at that stage? 26, 26, 27. Yeah. I, I went to Australia around the same age. Melbourne's it's a good age, I think. It's a good age yeah. to, obviously, when I was young, I used to iron up Magaluf. Australia is a different story. Yeah. But I think when you're 26, you're probably at the right age to come and do it. Yeah, because you don't necessarily want to chase the night as you did when you were a bit younger. You still kind of do, but you, also, still you also know on the horizon, I don't want to be the oldest guy in the nightclub or the oldest guy at the bar. I want to, I want to kind of make something. And I remember being in Melbourne and just people there really interested. Like there's a lot of like people from all over the world, real the alternative. Yeah. And I lived in I lived in Sydney Road. So when you go Brunswick. from Yeah. So when you go yeah. from I don't know. <laughs> proper hipster town. Uh, listen, <laughs> I could go uh, I could go into a few stories that uh that'll get me Joe Rogan off the off the recruitment there. <laughs> um and I always remember going down, I got, got a bike or something. I remember going down from that into the city and just getting to see the whole the whole city and go, going through the different neighborhoods and how how like each neighborhood's really distinctive in Melbourne and the mm -hmm. people are and it's just it's great. It's great. So how long did it take you before you turned into a complete hipster? No, I stayed away from that. I'm still track through bottoms and t-shirts every day. I'm staying <laughs> strong in Newcastle. Yeah, good on you. Okay, so you got a recruitment job in Melbourne. How did that happen? So interesting story, really. I applied for a sales job. Um, a recruiter rang us. Yeah. Typical sort of story where the recruiter was like, oh, you'd be a great recruiter, blah, blah, blah. So when I met up with them, learned more about recruitment, went and interviewed at the big guys, Walters, Page, and who's the other Robert? Robert Hoff. Um, interviewed those guys and then a rec direct one of your lot, rang us and put us into a Zach group. Went into Zach group. Zach group was a small agency, like six people. Uh, when I met the founders then, that was more my style, my culture. I'm not the corporate sort of guy, which you, you probably already know. Yeah. Couldn't you know get what? sponsored. When, when, when I go back to myself at that stage, I would have been the same. You know, like I, 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 I wasn't a corporate guy either, but I chose the mm. corporate route because I was like, Surely this is gonna be the way the way to go. Do you think? Do you think you missed out on anything by by going down the working for a smaller firm rather than choosing one of the bigger ones? Yes, potentially because my place. As much as I loved it, and I I absolutely loved the place where I worked, Zach Group. But there wasn't much training. Like my second day was stop being a little bitch and pick up the phone. So on my second day, I was just ringing people nonstop and didn't have a clue what I was doing. And I just picked it up myself eventually. And then probably two years into me being at Zach Group, we brought a guy across from the UK um, to be a GM who was on James Caan's sort of acceleration program and done a lot of stuff in the UK. And he came in and started putting a lot of processes and a lot of training in place. And I was like, holy crap, 
I don't know any of this. I've just been winging it for the last couple of years. And it worked. Don't get us wrong, I was doing really well. But since he came in, I picked up a lot, which obviously at Hayes and Walters and Half you learn all that sort of stuff. But I just when I was interviewing with them, they were showing us the watches, telling us about the paychecks and like I know, right? I can't be asked, I can't be asked to work with these people. Yeah. I, so I, I I didn't I suppose I didn't I didn't really get the the watches or any of that. They, I worked for Walters in Perth, and the director was some salesman. He could just, he? yeah, he could just. So he would see me coming off a farm picking beans. I was a kind of into personal. I was kind of had this thing. I thought I might have done a bit of personal training at the time. I was like, kind of just in that don't know, don't know what I'm going to do with the rest of my life type stage. And yeah, oh yeah. Recruitment will open their arms to you. That's the end of Don't know what you're going to do. Get a degree that's not going to get you anywhere. We've got you in recruitment. So, <laughs> and I just remember him, I remember him sitting in front of him and he looked at my resume and he just like teared it up and he goes, let's start from just this point. <laughs> and, and, and I had a few offers from one was from. I think one was from Hayes. I had another one as well. But he he had me at that point. Had just somebody who could just sit in front of me, tear up my resume, <laughs> through it, and just focused in on the here and the now. And and I went into that room, and everybody was pretty cool. But it was very hard. The first three months were like, mm. you know, I, I'm very grateful for it now as a business owner because I know how everything should be structured in the right way, and I got drilled. And I think I got drilled way harder than most people just given. Was this a page? No, Walters. Ah, uh, Walters, right. Okay, yeah, yeah. A lady called Jodie Gillespie, and she was my manager. And she ran ran it like the cleanest ship you'd ever see. And really? It was like it was the every day was like getting a world-class training of a perfectionist. And I am the opposite. I'm I'm, I'm like you. I'm like, let's make a deal. How do we make it? <laughs> System? What system? I don't do admin, yeah. you know? <laughs> so no, the problem with people like me is you can't put them into like middle management positions and, and probably yourself as well, right? Because the, the administration tasks are really key in that. But so I had to go set up my, by myself. After you had that experience, when did you make the decision that, hey, do you know what? I'm going to gamble on myself. Um, so I started Cloud Partners during the pandemic, and it was for a few reasons. The, the main reason was I knew as soon as I'd done recruitment for a year that, you know, you need a laptop, a phone, and a bit of confidence to do this job. It's not rocket science. Pretty straightforward. And then the second thing, really through the pandemic, we went down, and this is no slight to the company because every company done it, well, most yeah. companies done it, dropped the salaries down um, as it was and tough in 2020 yeah. um but i was working more hours than i've ever worked because i lived and breathed the company i loved them yeah um so i was doing everything i could to get deals done i was getting deals done i was doing well and then it got to sort of september time i was like you know what it is if there's ever a time to go and do it now's the time to go and do it i'd, yeah. I'd love to say i expected the market to pick back up in 2021 but i didn't have a clue um so it was more of a case of I learned a lot from the guy I mentioned, Matt, um, about processes and actually how to run things a little bit better instead of being a bit of a cowboy. Mm. Um, and thought, you know what it is? I'll give it a crack for six months and see what happens. If anything, 
I can go back into recruitment again. I can work for somebody, but yeah. How early in your in your journey did you come on the mastermind? Into me own into Cloud Partners journey. Yeah. Oh, what like I want to say it was March time, maybe, and that, I would have been three months in. I started in December, yeah. so December I had a couple of weeks of Christmas, and so yeah, I was only two three months in. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? When you get people at the very start of it, and you that was mastermind too. So that was I a, think so, yeah. Yeah, wow. And so can you set the scene on what that was? You had a few other recruitment, six other recruitment founders. Did did you, were they like similar to you? Were they different, like for anybody listening? Yeah, to be honest, everyone was quite different to me, I think. Um, obviously it was only me and Gemma um, who were in Australia. Everyone done different areas. And, you know, we were talking, I remember at the beginning, you were talking about sort of, what people's fees in that were and how many deals they were doing per month. And people were talking four, five, six deals. I'm like, I'm doing one or two. But if you remember, my deals are sort of two, three times higher. Um, And what I found was I was a lot more, I was a lot younger, I think, than most people. I was a lot more old school, whereas I'm just on the phone all the time where people are doing a lot more automation, a lot of job ads. Like, I haven't posted a job ad in three years. And people have a very different types of recruiters to me. Mm. Um, which was good but I took a lot from a deal and Cathal I remember because one thing which we might get into with the mastermind was niching down and those guys had already done it very very well where I was trying to do it but I also seen that shiny new object all the time I thought oh I'll go in that direction yeah I know Um, I remember that session it was quite brutal it was it was actually yeah yeah I remember yeah Because like people go, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm niche. Yeah, I'm, I'm sales. Okay, where, everywhere. What, what type of sales? SaaS. What, what within SaaS? Everything. You know. Whereas I think you give the example there of a deal who I'm, I'm going to get it wrong, but let's say it was JavaScript developers and within the London region, and even within JavaScript, it was a certain might have been C plus plus. And I think it was, yeah. C rings a bell because I hadn't even heard of it before yeah. in the same world. And that's all he did. So he was able to recycle his data, recycle his jobs, recycle everything. And his close percentages were better and all the rest. Now, he had different challenges in his business than you because he was further along. He was nine years in. But on that, I on it was the, nine years. I think he was nine years in. And, you know, he's done our mastermind. But he's also done a lot of the other training courses out there. So I think he's one of these guys that is constantly trying to learn and and, and evolve. Um, his challenge. I was on a sales the- training. I was on a sales training with him a few months back. It was like four o'clock in the morning in Australia, and I popped on. And I seen the name Adil, and I was yeah. like, surely not. And then the camera came. And I was like, oh, hello, mate. I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah. Ah, uh, very good. Yeah, so I think he's very good like that. Um, his challenge in a business is slightly different. So everything was dependent on him. Mm-hmm. He had too much control. So I had to kind of go, look, need to get you to a point where you feel comfortable that other people are doing the work and that you're making, like doing the rainmaking and then you can start focusing on hiring and building and that. So there's a bit of a process with him on that, whereas he had the niche nailed, but he was working 70 hours a week. He wasn't getting enough time with his wife and his kids and, and that. So it's okay. Well, let's look at how we get virtual yeah, assistance yeah. and that into it. I sure didn't he take it to the next stage. <laughs> he goes to Pakistan. He gets a whole, <laughs> he gets a whole office. 
it, like he's not having a he's not going to start selling that as a service and, and like it's good to see the evolution of when you put an idea into somebody's head and you go mm-hmm. get, get this but he's obviously very capable so he intelligent guy young, as well yeah. come across very intelligent ideal yeah and i think you know if you're in a mastermind group and somebody's three months in and you're nine years in and it's not your first training like thing that you're doing i think you're going to be quite ahead on that but everybody has their own challenges you know and it evens it evens out i think one of your highlights probably was rich rosen right i remember i remember you being like my idol yeah you're a hero rich rosen what is it honestly what is i've never loved a guy so much in my life (laughs) he's he's brilliant man he he really is so look that that was the standout um if you remember back I must have asked him about 100 questions. And he nailed every answer. He nailed every answer. And it was the beauty of it all. It's just so simple. Do you know what I mean? And that's, I try and implement his whole strategy. I'm not a 100 calls a day guy, like 30, 40 maybe. But I try and implement everything he does because, you know, he's in the same space as me, one, and it's clearly working for him. But yeah, he he was absolutely brilliant. Really good. Yeah. Like, if, if I was to change his system, it would be because... I don't love recruitment as much as him. So it, mm-hmm. I can't, I couldn't, like when he was like, what would you do differently? I was like, how much do you love this bit? Love it. I was like, I wouldn't change it then. But for him. Yeah, I know you are, right? But, but even the coordination, do you love like setting up interviews and doing that? No, that's why I've heard my fiance. She yeah, does right. all so of that. He, he, he wouldn't give that away. Yeah, okay. I, nah, so, like that's yeah. the part I hate anything to do with candidate prep like i'll write the prep but i've got my fiance now sort of onboarding and she's going to do all of that stuff but what i I love the recruitment side of it as in speaking to candidates doing bd but the other stuff it's a pain in the arse for me so he'll tell you that there's magic in setting up the interview because that's where he gets a little bit more knowledge on closing the deal but like if you're running i don't know what he runs i can't can't remember how many deals like his deal flow is insane um, I think he's one in a, he's obviously one in a million that's able to like work all the time and enjoy it and be happy with it and that's like he watches he what he's watching the game in the evening and he's doing his sourcing lists he's dropping them into like outplay um, and then if that goes off to like somebody doing a bit of data for him and then the next day he has his his regimented calling on it now I like to put stuff down in the evenings now and be like oh, okay now you're focusing on the kids he has older kids so it's hard to, com- to compare but i'm just lazier like i, I no, you know, that's what it's like I, I i just don't love work enough to be doing it all the time and yeah I, I do a lot of sourcing on my nighttime netflix on in the background just the laptop on my knee but and i'll try and i'll come into the office of it right rich rosen day and i'll come in and i'll hammer it for four days and then I guess like the Friday, and I'm exhausted. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's hard work keeping up that level all the time. I don't know how he does it, but I'm the same. Look, I do a lot of my sourcing on the night times, but I'll have days, like I say, I'll have two or three days where I smash it really hard. Yeah. And then the fourth day, I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll do a bit of time sourcing. Do you think you'll still do it in 30 years' time? Do you think you'll still 100%. be doing it? You'll still be retrosing in 30 years' time? Yeah. I, I, I honestly, I had a bit of a a moment last year where I'd set myself a revenue goal to hit by the end yeah. of the year and I'd done it by sort of seven months in and then I got the point I was like what's the point now 
and I've kind of had to sit down without being too cliche. I said, well, what do I do this for? And I worked out, I just love it. I absolutely yeah. love everything about it. Even the highs and the lows. Yeah. I love about it. You're, you're one of the only people we've coached that loves it. Rich Rosen loves really? it. Yeah. Everybody else, I think, is a means to an end. Like, no, nah, it's not for me. Like, I don't have any reason to have bunches of money. I don't have a yeah. lavish lifestyle. I go for a couple of pints on the weekend and still shop at Cotton On and Kmart in Australia. So I don't yeah. really have that big of a lifestyle. I just love recruitment. Do you love it more than building a business? Yeah, I don't want to build a big business. It's not in my interest whatsoever. So I was, I was, I was talking to you yesterday. I was talking to a guy called uh, Marilyn Stefan. Um, hilarious I'll release it today uh, but he was talking to him about like the three examples so you know you've your traditional UK scalable model where they're yeah. in they get out of, they get out of the business quick and they have directors in and they have rookies in and then you have your Joe Mullings which is like executive search Christmas tree and then that the goes out. Uh, yeah amazing right and then you have your Rich Rosens and I think they're the three brackets that people fall into. Yeah, 100%. Um, who, have you met many other that are mad into it the way that you are, either like from doing the mastermind mm. or speaking to the founders? Or, Rob Wills is a bit like it. I've, 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 he's been on our mastermind. He he absolutely loves it, but he's getting to a point now where he's starting to hire and, and get people in. Maybe my, also my, my old player, Zach, we had two directors, V and Colin. Colin, I became really close friends with because I recruited the same as he was. It was just pick up the phone, go hard every single day. He yeah. had no, never wanted to coach, never wanted to manage people. That was sort of free. So he, he liked coaching and developing people, but not having people report to him. So he was the only one, but I, he, I had my engagement party a few weeks ago and he came along. So I was yeah. chatting to him. He's like, I'm tired now. He's been doing it for like 10 years. So he's now wanting to go into that more strategy side of things where look i'm only four years in but yeah. in the near future at least i've got no intentions of ever changing what i'm doing but outside of that i don't think i've ever met anyone who who prefers to just do it the way i'm doing like a couple of people i know have set up themselves but they immediately want to get effectively off the phone as soon as they can whereas i'm the opposite i want to get back onto the phone and not manage anybody and i've got a couple of friends who they want to now sort of take the foot off the gas, not the foot off the gas, but take a, take a step back and have Bill as in the business where they can coach and mentor them and sort of sit behind the spreadsheet effectively. Um, mm. Whereas that sounds like absolute hell to me. <laughs> it, it's interesting. It, which bit is hell? Is it the coaching and the mentoring piece? Is it, or is it just not being, in, being involved in the actual game of it? Or uh, like, I, because I'm different, right? I like to, do stuff, give it away, have somebody accountable. So good question. I mean, even when I was at Zach Group, they were trying to get us to sort of go down that pathway. And I was like, nope, I'm not your guy. It's more, to be honest, I'm, I'm really impatient. I like things done and I like things done quickly in the way I do things. And I just don't have the patience to coach people and train people. I, I love helping people, you know, and showing them how I do things, but not where it's my full responsibility. I'd yeah. still rather just be a recruiter, but it's it's really just a patience thing. I just don't have the patience and I don't like the thought of having my money relying on other people. Yeah. Control yeah. freak you might call us. You, you said that, not me. Do you think potentially this 
is a gap in your skill set that your fiance could fill once once she's trained and and maybe like understands what we do yeah a hundred percent and i'm also bringing i'm bringing my best mate in as well because i'm either the smartest man in the room or the stupidest we'll find out yeah. but he's a lot more he would be a lot more of a manager than what i would be um yeah. and i'm not precious do you know what i mean if, if yeah. My fiance and my mate who come in and they can build this partnership up where they can scale the business, then credit to them, they can crack on. But for me, so, I just... so you are you are starting to put the, the the stepping stones in to mitigate your uselessness. Like that's the yeah. like, like yes. when I, I say am. uselessness, I mean I have the same thing. I know what you mean. Like I'm uselessness, yeah. Uselessness. I'm rubbish at all that. <laughs> but hey, I, I can build and I can get people to join and I can like create things but i can't administer them well and if like so and if i do try that then the billings go down so it's you know it's it, it's yeah, tricky it's, right you need to have and it, and, yeah and look I, I, I've, I've thought about well maybe this time next year i'll open an up open an open up an office in japan maybe um and go down different avenues which can contradict what i'm saying but i'd have to be 100 percent sure that i've hired the right person where i can just say you do it the way you want to do it. You're one of the cloud partners thingy um, brand. So I haven't, it's not like I don't want other people to come into the business. I do, but I yeah. just don't want to manage. Yeah. But then if you're, if your friend and, and your missus ha, has that in their locker, like, do mm-hmm. you think, do you think that eventually all going well, he manages a team and she does operations and makes sure that everything's systemized. Is that, is that, is that the vision? Well, the vision was really to build a small pod in Australia of maybe five or six um, and have my fiance and me mate sort of take that on themselves, then go to Japan, then to the U S and then potentially the UK or even Ireland to be honest, because the tech's going crazy there. Um, but wherever it is, but again, it won't, there's no idea to get the business to sort of 40, 50 people. It will just be small teams in each region. And I don't want any huge involvement in it really. I do want to get involved with it, but the actual day-to-day management of it, not for me. I think you'll find it hard running an Australian, UK, Irish business. The, the hard thing, I, I've rarely seen it work where, so like in, in the UK, people are brilliant at going to America and the time zones are just about manageable. Yeah. yeah. And to, when there's a big disconnect when you, unless you have a really good, strong team and all the rest, even then, I can't think of many examples. Hmm? It's where you come in. Is it? <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh, no, <laughs> that is uh, that is too hard. But the U, like the the US, would make a lot of sense because I'm not sure what the time zone difference is, but the the visas treaty between U, the US and Australia is really simple. So if you train somebody in Australia and they have a degree, you can get them over to the to your US entity super easy. You know, one market. Like one mate, like that market, you you don't need to go to four different countries. Like that market is like it's crazy. Humongous, yeah. And look, it's it's more of a pipe dream at this, and it's not even a pipe dream, it's more of a just a yeah, uh, what could what could happen in the future? For now, it's get the two the two people into this business, hit the revenue goal I want to do in the next 12 months, and and then see what happens after that. Yeah, no, and that's fair. That's fair. We're uh, I'm a great man for for a pipe dream as well. Um, <laughs> they, I want a Wolf of Wall Street office. That's what I want. 
That that would be awesome. The closest I've seen that is Faden International in New York. You walk in there. I've heard of those guys. Have you had them on? You had them on a long time ago. Big business. US nailed it. Um, but you go into the office and it's like they've they've really done it in New York. Because you go into most of others in New York, right? And you think online they're going to be massive, and you go in, there's like six of them, and they're like all having coffees and it's a bit relaxed. But yeah. I went in there and I was like, oh, right, we're the real deal. Interesting. Like a, like a, like an 80s recruitment office or something. Yeah. Everyone's oh. like a yellow pages in front of them. Where do you, where do you think that you've seen the best recruiters? A lot of people say people from the UK and, and, and Ireland, obviously, but also you've dealt with recruiters across everywhere. What have you got an answer to sort of where the best recruiters are? I think it's really hard to define that, you know, I always think that regional UK is pretty good. So if you're in London and you're at one of the big shops, you're probably a bit of a major accounts person. So I'm always a wee bit skeptical. But say if you're in Birmingham or some other shit. Newcastle. <laughs> Newcastle, where competition's intense. There's a lot of uh, SME recruitment happening. So you have to actually go out and build relationships and do it, but you have to do it aggressively in the most competitive market, which is the UK. If you're well-trained at a decent shop in that, because it's all about the training, really. I would say regional UK. Ireland, not so much. Like they, they travel well or they, they're good if, they get, if they're in Australia or, or wherever. But in Dublin, they tend to not do too much BD, in my experience. Oh, really? Oh, really? When you drill down, I because it's a small enough study, say it's like, Say it's tech recruitment. So there's eight main players, same as finance, eight main players. They have all the relationships. So while they think right. they're doing BD, they go in and the founder's able to go, this person runs this, this person runs this. Go go give them a call, go have a meeting. And Perth was a bit like that as well. I thought I was doing business development. And really, it was Jody who was like, call this person, do this, call this person, do that. Yeah, and okay. I was actioning it and I was doing what I was told and, and all the rest. And then I, after a period of time, I did build up my own thing, but a lot was handed. So that's a long way of answering, I think, regional UK. But I think training in UK companies is the best when it comes to 360 and being able yeah. to get up to the next stage and to be able to build teams and all of that. But it's a, it's a tough one. It, the States has the best independent recruiters. So like your Rich Rosens of the world. And but you tend to find they're a lot of lone wolves or they're not good at bringing rookies through. And, yeah. You know, so it's the UK business can get somebody up to from zero to billing in three months in, with yeah, yeah, yeah. And processes and systems. Whereas these guys are veterans and they, they're, they're the most impressive. Like absolutely. Exec search guys in the US are amazing, but they're their own business. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, nah, fair enough. No, nah, fair enough. Look, I, I'm part of um, like a, it's like a training thing called Next Level Exchange in the US. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, are you are you, cheat, are you are you cheating on me? Nah, nah. I was part of this before you, so I'm technically cheating on them. <laughs> uh, but this is just loads of like indep- it's a bunch of real sort of independent recruiters, but they're all like rich rosens of the world like million dollar billers they're all sort of you know 20 30 years into it so i'd like to think in 20 30 years you know i'll be doing a million dollars every year um yeah. spend that much time on one thing you should be able to but um the what us seems what, what type of stuff do you do in it 
it's just it's, it's it's a mixture of everything it's more training videos it's like an e-learning platform um which gets updated all the time but it's talking about managing processes it's got mindset mindset bd techniques recruitment techniques closing techniques um just from hundreds of people who are billing a billion a million dollars ah cool it's impressive it's really you look at it and it's like a nighties training video it's really old school so a lot of the people on there are really old school um but it's the, the actual content of it's fantastic yeah. so since you did the mastermind like we've we've definitely uh got like we've got it all recorded and it's going to go on kajabi now mm-hmm. uh, as our own platform and i'm going to be building to that i do need to get better at getting all the basic stuff like that on but charlotte's moved into bigger business advisory where so she's like goes in and rips apart like even when companies get to 20 or 50 yeah a lot of founders are like you right great rainmakers they've kind of accidentally built this big business and you go in and everything's all over the place so she's doing operational uh, advisory and i've had a couple of pitch calls with some of these million dollar billers about their business you know so i'm like look tell me where you want to get to i want to do this i want to do that great okay i can help you get there but operationally like they're still doing what you're doing. Like they're controlling everything. They haven't been able to bring in and keep anybody. I said, okay, so we need to do all of this on them. I, I've got a coach working with me on that. He's been working with me for 20 years. Yeah, okay. So okay. They, they're, they're, they, I find they're very resistant to act. Like they'll never change to grow their business outside themselves. And usually it's just like, okay, no problem. Like, See you later. Yeah, well, I think obviously, I think people you know, the ego gets in the way as well. A lot of the time, if they're doing a million dollars every year, then why why change it? But they're going to get to a point, you know, like even the mastermind for me, a lot of the stuff I took from it, like I know for a fact, I'll work like a dog for the next seven, eight months, but it will get towards the, the end of the year and I'll be burnt out. So what I've implemented now, no Loxo, no party, a lot of the Loxo stuff. Shout out to Loxo. Shout out to Loxo. <laughs> I, honestly, uh, I absolutely love it. Um, yeah. But that sort of stuff helps bringing my fiance, fiance in. So I don't have to do these Brilliant. 60, 70 hour weeks anymore and work a normal lifestyle, but still what, make a lot of money at the same time. What you need to do now before your fiance gets rid of you, right? Because <laughs> you've given her, a, like, you've given her the ops, right? Which is full on, especially if you want to get it really good as you grow. You get a VA sitting under her doing the stuff that she's like done brilliantly and then having yeah. a good instruction manual. So then she can then focus on maybe it's marketing she looks at next in the business. And then you get a, a VA to like help with the administration with that. Or it might be the same VA and your business slowly, slowly gets systemized and she doesn't get burnt out because yeah. that that as your business grows, her job's going to be super tough. So you just have to have to let, like I remember with Charlotte, she she hated me. And I was like, I've got an idea. And she'd be doing it. And I go, I have another idea. And now, like, <laughs> now we have a whole vetting process to like keep my madness in check. It's it's funny, right? Because she's already come in and she can see things that I'm doing. She hasn't got a clue what recruitment really is yet. Yeah. Um, she came from the banking space and she'll be looking at things like, well, why do you do it that way? I'm like, I don't know, to be honest. I just, that's the way it works. And I know you should do it this way. I was like, nah, you don't know what you're talking about. I'll do it my way. But she does. When, when I actually sit down and think about it, I say, nah, that is a lot quicker and a lot smoother. Yeah. 
All right, Terry. So thanks very much for coming on. Thanks very much for doing the mastermind. Great to get to know you. And if we have this conversation in a year's time, what are we looking at? A couple of billers under you? Maybe just one biller, nice and easy. One biller, Monica fully ramped up my fiance and having a conversation about finding people in Japan for us. <laughs> Good man. <laughs> All right. Sayonara then. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, mate. Cheers. Bye.